G'day punters, welcome to the mailbag powered by punningform.com.au, uh, hydrated by Goat Lager, and also a little bit of support from uh, Dynamic Odds, uh, hosted today by the Dutch rudder king himself, Pistol Pete Anthonis. Pistol, how are you, mate? You've got to stop saying that. I'm going to get approached by the wrong people. I think a better word to describe the racing industry. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. I've got nothing to do with it, though. Am I the one being rudded or am I steering the ship here? Like, what's going on? I want no part of this sinking propaganda machine. I don't know. And I certainly I don't, don't think want to get I don't, think we, I, don't think, I don't think we do a lot of ruddering, but <laughs> it's commonplace in this sport. i tell you what was good um, this week. Um, I thought was the standout performance um, was that uh, meme on punters dot com that um, that uh, stitched up that Wayne Hawks comment about the ride on Mask Crusader. <laughs> so I had a picture of Wayne and then the comment, you know, butchered it, terrible job, can't believe it, you know, complete completely butchered it. And underneath that it said Wayne Hawks to the young fella that prepared his KFC zinger box. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Probably the performance of the week in the racing game, I thought. Oh, that is oh, to good. be fair to Wayne, there is nothing worse than like giving in to a bit of kernel, you know. And it seems to be the food of choice for the for the trainers. We had Chris Waller on, a massive, massive kernel man. But if you if you ask for like, you know, Mountain Dew, and they give you a Pepsi, it does your fucking head in. Extra salt. There's no salt. Like it's just it's hard in there. Also interesting to see um, Karen McAvoy's comments on that uh, when he was questioned. From some sections of the media about what Wayne's comments were post race, and and Karen said he never said anything like that. Yeah, controversy, eh? Uh-huh. Just controversy in the in the great game. Ah, oh, narrative. But that's speaking of about. speaking of that Mask Crusader, I know this is a Victorian show. And we'll have the Sydney boys on tomorrow. How is September run not like a dollar eighty in that race? It was as good as Mask Crusader, if not better, in the Moya. Where, like, like we yep. spoke about for like an hour, curls it couldn't win, yep. and now it's up against fucking that Magic Millions horse Isotope. Like, it almost knocked off. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I can't wait. I might even come on the show tomorrow because I really want to see what they say. I just can't see how it doesn't win. Hmm. Well, I hope the boys are doing their homework and whether we get an irrigated track uh, to suit very elegant Saturday. <laughs> Looking forward to the Sydney show. I mean, obviously, all the all the focus is on Sydney because of what's happening on the track, you know, with the horses going around, obviously. But there's all these little by-plays going on, you know, the drying weather. You know, if they don't water, it's going to be like a good four on the day and drying again, and it's not going to suit the one in port. The horses that they want to suit. So it'll be interesting. Looking forward to Shane's take on it too. And what a, what an underutilized uh, resource, M. Shane. I'm so we're so lucky to have him on. Incredibly, um, it's a it's a really good day's racing. It no, it's not a really good day's racing. It's a much better day's racing at Caulfield than you'd think. I went back and looked at last year's meeting because anyone who watches the show will probably be aware I'm a bit of a pessimist and a bit like sort of. 
it's why Curly and I get on so well with sort of so like conspiracy theories and breedies and but they they ran huge time last year in this race like in these races it was a really strong overall punting form uh, benchmark figure the rails in a three meter position uh, last year they couldn't lead and win they couldn't lead and win and rails and run was severely disadvantaged we're in the true uh, on Saturday. Uh, there's some big fields, there's some small shitty fields, but um, it looks a decent day's racing. Um, and okay odds for the majority of the day too. So what about, I guess, the features, this Bella Spree, the listed race over 1,100, race seven? Do you want to start there? Oh, we'll just quickly talk about race one. I think Mahatma Das will win. I think it's a really good way to start your day. Uh, have it in some all-ups if you're sick and that's what you like to do. Um, thought... Uh, maybe declares war some like value in the race from a nice barrier, um, but I just can't see how Mahatma Deus doesn't sort of start a buck eighty and go very very close to winning. Um, what race number is the other one, mate? Race, race seven. seven. Yeah. Race seven. So Mahatma Deus is a dollar ninety now. Looks like a little, oh, a little bit. Well, it was, was two ten this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Watch this space. Race seven, the Bella Spree. I had a little bit of Knight's Sword, the Sword of Knight, into it, so that's the result. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think Ancestry and Sister, and obviously Our for Oro take it up. Mossman George there thereabouts, Sword of Mercy who knocked off Our for Oro. Uh, next, I think Shishia Fly gets forward. Don't know where to put Rejavac or Liar or Hama Hama. I expect Ruby Saki. Bumper Blast and Prophet's Thumb go back, right back. Um, I love Sword of Mercy, Peter. We backed this horse last start. Well, you might not have been with us. I was in Perth, but I, I backed it after, yeah, in, in walking mode. So, yes, I, I was happy with that. Thank you. Yeah, we backed it from the yard to beat um, our for Oro. Now, that day, it's SP'd and was backed late, has SP'd 650 versus our for Oro's 2.90. Now here, they want to offer me the same price about both, basically. At Caulfield, where it wasn't a disadvantage. Alpha Oro was not disadvantaged last start, but he's, it's so unlikely that he's not going to be like somewhat suited every time he races. Uh, the extra 100 metres, he's like one from one track and trip. He's two from two at the distance. I think the four sixty five dollars is a great price. I think you start closer to three fifty, and he'll look the winner for a very long way, and hopefully he holds on because I've backed him. Is it fair to say that the fast tempo up front expected with Ancestry Sister will be in Alpha Oro's favour more so than say Sword of Mercy if we're comparing them last start to this start? Well, that, uh, that's very deep, Peter, <laughs> and very fucking articulate and smart. It's going to be a very, very different race to what it was when Sword of Mercy just ran over top of it. Sword of Mercy is out like a stalking horse with a massive turn of foot. Alpha Oro and Ancestry are the high cruisers. You'd think they go a lot quicker here. I think that will be a different race shape, obviously, which I think might suit Alpha Oro. And you can make a big case for Ancestry too if you like it. I'm not bagging it. And Ruby Saki... Just have to mention. Oh, it. what's 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 doing? Well, that's what it. What is I'm, doing? Trial wise, the other. Well, it's, it's, it's won four four times over twelve hundred. 
for yeah. Paddy Payne trains this thing. Right? Billy Egg is going to ride it. Don't watch trials. <laughs> Just grow yourself right up. <laughs> the horse, the horse has won over a million dollars. It's with a very, very astute trainer. Uh, it's a mare. If it's if it wasn't sweet, it'd be on the at the, up at the Magic Millions, uh, getting sold. As a broodmare, wouldn't it, Curls? June, July, I think that sale is. So, so maybe he's gonna maybe he's gonna win a couple, go up there, win one of those races, and get sold. Don't know, but um, never won over this distance. Um, only been a Caulfield once. You know, to get back run on horse, I think it'll be near last. Um, the very very un Ruby Saki last preparation. Um. Yeah, trolled nice, but they, they like they troll out in the middle of fucking nowhere against nothing, and they look good all the time. It's very very hard to read them. I'm just penning it off the last prep, the distance, the map, and the likely pattern we see at Caulfield on Saturday. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fair. This is one of those days, though, isn't it? Like this is the Vobus day where the huge prize money and everything's set for the day. And he's that he's a of the breed of trainer who is sneaky enough and good enough to just bob up and win. Uh, yep. This was like this was like Darren Weir, like uh, I don't know how you describe it. This is when he got really good before he was like a Group One trainer. He would just come along with like benchmark eighty horses and win all these races every year, get all the prize money. He he targeted the races. Yep, Danny O'Brien was good at that too, wasn't he? Yeah, he showed the right people that he was really good at what he did. Then he started getting better stock and started winning bigger races, I think, is my read there. Uh, I did have, a, did have a quick look, obviously, because we're doing the show. Um, and I noticed there's a million-dollar race on the card at Caulfield. And thank, thankfully, Starry Legend accepted in that race because I haven't heard of any of their horses. Oh, what about? How, how are they going around for a million? Because it's a showdown, bro. Oh, the showdown. That makes all the now, world of difference. This, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. This is, this is the best. The showdown last year. Have you guessed who won the showdown last year? Um, Silver Sovereign. <laughs> that, that horse that I can't pronounce. Quay Quay. Yeah, Quay Quay. I was going to say. won the Quay-quay. Derby. Yeah. It was back, rode and backed it in a yeah. produced. Look, I was going to win the Derby last weekend. That's right, because I'm pretty sure I backed it in that this race last year. No, uh, we backed the fucking... No, I backed it. Off. You backed back something else. <laughs> yeah. Fred Kersley gave us a thing of peach last year. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Um, it's a million dollar yeah. race, though. Wow. She's got a long tail. I know we don't want to talk about every race, but geez. Well, it's pretty amazing. Like, well, I suppose the Victorian bread, the, the Vobus thing is a Victorian bread bonus race day, so fair enough. I think this one's to do with Inglis. I've no clue. Neither But they, they did run like a... Anyway, I'll tell you what we shouldn't be doing. We shouldn't be having a conversation about underpaid stable hands when those types of horses are running for a million. Oh, that was hard to watch, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it great when the great man TV said, so it's a choice, yes, so they can't really complain. Yes. <laughs> Great man, he's got a career. When he decides to hang the binoculars up, oh. he's got a career hosting. Oh. Anyway, I digress. I'm, I apologise. It's, it's hopefully the betting agencies can 
can uh, can find a way to, to find some more money to to pay for their staff to get educated. So we'll pay. In any in any in other industry, like you're not running like a school, you're not an educator. You're it's a business. Like, <laughs> oh, anyway, let's not get lost down that rabbit hole. Are we taking a dollar ten, William Pike, in the Jockey Challenge? Was my only other question. <laughs> well, I think he win race two, but no. He's too good, what, W Pike. I don't know what else he's riding. He's got Lane and what John Allen sticking around. So is Jamie Carr. So he's got a few more jockeys up against him this time. Luke Curry's riding around. So it's probably not as one-sided as when he was last here at Mornington. That was unfair, wasn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, it really was. Yeah, it was like Dustin Martin slipping back to the amateurs to fill in for the B-grade. <laughs> Old collegians. What was his <laughs> Liberatore when he was up in what was it was it Vietnam or Bali or something playing for some local side? Yeah. He's getting tats and yeah. <sighs> uh, you're right. There's a, little, there's a fair bit more depth in the jockey ranks this week. Yeah, it's gonna it's a nice card. Hopefully the weather stays as it is. Just had a little bit of a sprinkle, but hopefully it stays fair and fast and even and excited to get back up to Caulfield. I'll really enjoy the members and get to take a little pistol there with us too this week. Unless, of course, you get a better off offer, which can happen. Still a little rudder. Just waiting. Let's see where that rudder takes you. Nothing ah. like the Dutch Explorers. Isn't that right? <laughs> kind of like a reach around. Get your hands off the mast at all times. Shane Shellio, what is happening up in Queensland town? You've got Toowoomba Friday, which is very exciting because usually it would be Saturday, uh, which means mm. you've got Eagle Farm, Gold Coast, Chinchilla and Kilcoy on Saturday. And Blackhall. Oh, sorry. And what? Uh, Bowen and Thangool as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of things to talk about today, Peter and Jack. Um, so you remember how I conquered Walla up here? Remember we're on the right Walla? Yes. Yeah. I felt comfortable in ticking that box off. Like, we're on the right side of the Waller Runner a few times. And then I devoted my life to trying to figure out David Van Dyke and come up with the plus 28-day thing, and I felt like I got a good handle on it. Okay, now I have a new nemesis. <laughs> so I'm going to devote some time to Michael Costa because I cannot catch that stable. He had one day boo off some ordinary trials the other day at the Gold Coast last Saturday. Dead set one by 37 lengths. Well, it might have been 37, but it was a long way. And there was, was no... Back? No. <laughs> it wasn't that. No. I can't... I just can't catch them. So I'm going to just dive down a big, deep rabbit hole tonight and just try and get to the bottom of it, trying to find some kind of pattern there. Um, Toowoomba <laughs> Friday night is interesting. I was We had a call... Uh, a, a caller, someone texted the show on RSM when we were with Gareth during the week saying, Curly, you're tweeting about Toowoomba how it's a death trap. You don't, why do you still bet there? <laughs> just as I was about to answer, Gareth said, Curly, just to remind you, you're on air. <laughs> <laughs> what a man, Gareth. He actually saved me because I was about to unleash. <laughs> so we go to Toowoomba, Toowoomba Friday. Now, there's 
it's a different setup because on a Saturday night, you've got jockeys at Brisbane during the day, the Gold Coast during the day. Some of those Brisbane jocks scooting up north to ride some horses at Rocky or Mackay or whatever. And then you've got the rest at Toowoomba. So Friday night, much different setup. You'll have some jocks riding a couple of dip switch and then go to Toowoomba to ride some races there, some decent prize money races Friday night. So they so complain just, about the workload up there? Um, no, I don't know where that workload narrative comes from. Like the trainers had that thing about night racing and, you know, saying it's too much work. But what happens is the, the gossip columnists of the racing industry, they're not journalists, they're complete gossip columnists need to find a narrative, right? So at one stage there in Queensland, it was trainers complaining about the workload and racing Friday night at the sunny coast and blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't nom there, right? Don't race there. You don't have to. Mm. The, the, the turnover's more at those meetings in a day meeting at, at Bow Desert, more turnover on a Friday night, more prize, more money goes back into the industry. Like, what do you want? Yeah, I've had a funny one. The bald-headed bloke kind of cornered him. He goes, well, would you like to be put on a, um, like, you can be put on a contract, you know, like, you can be employed. Yeah. If you want if you want your superannuation and your holidays and, oh, no, 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 no. No. You don't have to go to those meetings, like, really. Like, you can work it out. And with Southeast Queensland trainers as well, I'm not talking about North Queensland here, but Southeast Queensland trainers do take their horses over the border a lot. You know, they can race in northern New South Wales as well, to avoid having to race Friday nights if they don't want to race Friday nights. Um, but anyway, sorry, digressed. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's not a flavour of the month up here at the moment. We're coming into the Winter Carnival, so all the publicity in Queensland should be positive about the Winter Carnival, I'd imagine. Um, enough to talk about there. So Toowoomba on... Friday night, I think I, I don't care. I, like I'm not going to be spending too many units and up at Toowoomba anyway, um, because of stuff that the guys that are on the mailbag app or in the chat group get. They get to see my raw reactions and my thoughts <laughs> regularly, so I don't have to go too deep into that. But I think race six, number one, Voulay might be just the best on the card. Um, Claimer goes on this week, takes two off, but he's not like he's not a bad claimer for Toowoomba. Um, it ran a, a huge figure. So we were on the favourite that this horse knocked off two back. This horse didn't – I heard a story about this Voulay. didn't get worked all week because of the floods we had in southeast Queensland, got locked in a foal box, in a foal yard, never got it out of the box for a whole week. So they ran it at Toowoomba because it needed the run. It sat back and run a career best and knocked us off, and we are on the favourite for a large bet. And it's followed it up and ran really well again last week with a big weight. It's got the perfect map. There's really good speed in this race. VJ Day, Denawi, Certain, Spinning Spirit, Moto Miss, all going to be wanting to be somewhere near the speed at some point. Maracoa, the eight's got no speed. The launcher's got no speed, no hope. They'll be at the back. This Vule is going to posse up perfectly. It's going to have three or four horses in front of it. They're going to be three and four deep and three or four abreast at the at the 600. He's going to just cruise up to them, just tuck him behind them, get clear air from the top of the straight and win. So there's no prices or anything like that, but once you're watching the show, just um, make a note of it and just take the price because I think it'll be winning. Uh, race is, there, is there a price you want to go down to? $1.10. Um, 
Uh, I don't know what price I'll bet. Uh, it'll be black. It'll be black odds. It'll be black odds. Um, race four's um, an interesting race. It's a two-year-old over thirteen hundred, and um, it's a forty-thousand-dollar race. And well, there's seven acceptances and six left. Um, we were on alert and ready last start to knock off the favourite, and it ran second. Um, just a little bit. How you going on this horse? Like I don't know whether like this is the horse that we were on debut yep. that fell, that was going to win and fell, and oh, then yeah. we chopped out on it a couple back in a field of four, and it sat full wide over racing and got beat <laughs> at a, as favourite. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a very good um, I don't know what the word is here relationship with this horse. The horse, the horse, due to uh, previous experiences uh, at at and around wagering on this horse, this situation comes with much more mental head noise than is like normal, uh, and or is helpful. But we yeah. march on. I don't know what to do with it. Like I'm not. I don't even know why I brought up this race. To be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, both of these horses have accepted for a race Sunday, the sunny coast. So if they both run here on Saturday night, you can go on back um, apple tart at the sunny coast in the two-year-old race on the Sunday because there'll be two left in it. So <laughs> take all your moldies into that. Um, pretty skinny. Um, speaking of skinny. Pistol. I won't be talking about, not referencing myself here. There's a listed race at Eagle Farm on Saturday for three-year-olds over fourteen hundred. It's attracted six acceptances, which is um, pretty disappointing. I think the trainers are sort of voting. The trainers are sort of having their say on the track without saying anything, if you know what I mean. Wasn't there a positive report earlier in the week that David Van Dyke had had a look at the track and he thought it was improving and he might consider running his horses there again, or was that just a complete puff piece in the lead up to the carnival? Hang- well, there's two, there's two ways to attack that. It's always a puff piece. <laughs> Secondly, we've got like millions and millions and millions of prize money being raced for on that track over the next six weeks. Like, they're not that, it's not as if they're not greedy enough to, to say, oh, I'm not going to run my horse at Eagle Farm. Like, of course they're going to run it at Eagle Farm. It's a million dollar races. <laughs> um,. But it's still, I still, I still think it's a horses. I still think it's a horses for courses track. While the weather's still warm, which it still is up here, um, and you know, whilst the track, you know, they had to put like another. I think they had something like forty mils of irrigation for the Wednesday meeting, which was today's Thursday. So yeah, that means yesterday was Wednesday, going by my calculations. Um, you know, they're, they're having to irrigate the track. They're having to water the track a huge amount to get it somewhere near a good fork. So it's still very much a horses for courses track. It's been working for us in the punt. We've been a little bit stiff um, but um, on a few occasions. We've been running a lot of seconds. I think we had three – we bet in the three races Wednesday at Eagle Farm for two seconds and one winner. Um, so we're thereabouts and just sticking to the process of just finding the horses that handle the track – 
But I think the trainers are doing that as well. And now we're seeing fields of horses that actually do handle the track, and that's why they're racing there. So it just becomes a little bit more trickier this week. Um, like even in that in that um, listed race that I discussed, um, got a kiss as three dollar thirty favourite, and after its last start performance, of I'm going to mark it thirty threes. Um, yeah. Just have to be against it, just on what it did. It ne- ne- never travelled. It didn't fucking take the corner. It's just it's got to be a horse that you bet against and. Uh, but you just can't bet early because the market's going to sort of work itself out. Like, you know, every market's 130% or whatever. So um, I'm not going to tip anything at Eagle Farm just yet. I'd, I'd rather just um, just wait to see what we've got left with come race morning. All right. That makes sense. Doesn't make any sense, really. I just rambled on. <laughs> um, oh, it does make good sense. you got a, you got a grip on it. We're going well, not going to force it. And there might be, because no one's running their horses at the track, there's not going to be a stack of betting opportunities, so I'm not going to give them away for free because I run a betting business. Yeah, and also I've got to spend some time on, on M. Costa as well, so I can't be everywhere. Yeah, you can't be. <laughs> We're doing our best. We're betting the Wangaratta. Are you betting today, Kills? No, it's Townsville today. Um, Jeez, what about, it might have been race two, Townsville, four-horse race. The orange thing went to the front. It was like the biggest grip of all time. Yeah, we would have had to ice the pythons when it got off. Like, uh, for those listening, for those watching at home, um, I'll, I've been doing a little bit of, uh, am I allowed to talk about, we're going to talk about laying horses and, and certain setups, right? It's not personal, right? It's just purely business. It's always, yeah. So for those that are playing at home and looking at, you know, filling in a t- filling in some time on a Thursday, like, oh, like have a look at North Queensland and be prepared and just have a look at some pots on laying some apprentice jockeys up there, particularly in that North Queensland area, Townsville sort of cans. Um, they use some claiming apprentices a lot uh, and they look, they look well suited, but... You know, they're apprentices and they're learning and there's some opportunities there. I don't want to name names. It'd be rude to name names. Like, but there's there's plenty of opportunities. I don't, I've been watching a little bit of North Queensland racing purely for entertainment purposes and um, some small lays and just working my way through a few jocks that you can sort of, if the race isn't straightforward, you can you can lay and, and make wages. Yeah. It's hard to. It's hard to. I don't know. You got to watch them enough, and you got to. You know, you. They, they're learning, you know, and you don't want to have to pay for their mistakes. You want to earn from their mistakes. Is how I see it. It's just a bit of a different way of looking at the game. I like that. I like that a lot. As we all start making notes about North Queensland. Um... <laughs> I am. I just had no idea. Meanwhile, around the grounds, in sports that are not horse racing, is horse racing considered a sport these days or is it just considered entertainment for the government purposes? Don't think about that too much. Um, I was going to say um, a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme, maybe. I was seeing something on Twitter, referenced on Twitter today. Jeez, it made me laugh. Talking about the racing, and you know, there's always someone on Twitter saying that breeders should pay tax, or someone, not the punter. I don't know. 
This makes me laugh at Thomas. I, I think the British should be paying a little bit of tax. You don't. No, I'm all about sustainability, Jack. I feel like I pay my share. Um, exactly. I think we all should pay a share. Yeah, I think it'd be much beneficial for the for the uh, for the longevity of the sport, and particularly with this crisis that we're currently seeing with the staff shortages, Jack. Um, I think it would be great These to get people, some external revenue. Young people get up before um, before uh, eight a.m. anymore. Oh, show me anyone that wants to get up before eight a.m. for three dollars an hour, Jack. Yeah, well, so maybe, maybe actually it's 2021 and people can like communicate on the internet and there's more awareness. And Look, the punning, the, the rivers of gold that flow from the wagering um, won't always be there, you wouldn't have thought. Although, I think Australia are up there when it comes to loss per head or per capita on wage, on gambling. Australia is near the, like it might be the most wagered per person, per capita. But it's still pissant compared to like China and yes, all them. But per I capita, blame, I blame I blame, the sickest. I blame the cricket punters um, for that for that increase. But when you're winning at the when you're winning like our cricket punter is sixty eight percent pot. Cannot blame us for betting on cricket, can you? Finally had a losing bet, but it was a dead eight. Didn't get paid out. I'm not sure whether I got this right. There's been 13 bets, 12, in a, 12 winners in a row. The 13th bet was a tie for most sixes. Is that right? 11 that units. Right? It's 11 units, not uh, 11 bets. But 11 units. You give me a sec, I can bring it up. But uh, it's been a, a solid little start to the session. And again, it's just easy to do. You don't have to do anything. Just place them and then keep going. I don't even watch anymore. Total bets, nine. First eight won, and the ninth bet was a dead eight. But they don't... Not, did we email anyone, sports better anyone for a justice payout or anything? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, hey, mate. Can we get a justice payout on the Indian Premier League? <laughs> Very remiss of me also, because now that we're talking about sport other than racing... I've got some big news for those following along at home is that myself and Nathan Bush will be recording a BPL preview tomorrow morning. Bushy, Bushy's been um, Bushy's been contracted to a bowling club in Sydney. So Bushy lives in Geelong in Victoria. He flies to Sydney every Thursday to play bowls professionally for this bowling club Friday, Saturday, flies home Sundays. Oh, like how, how old is he? Oh, he'd be like 34 or something. Oh, so it's like, like when you're young and you're like good at footy and they fly in, fly out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so Bushy's rang me and said, we've got to record the show. We're back on. He's got a couple of guests coming on the show to give us a little bit more insight about the setups of the teams and the competitions, and he's very keen. He, he said, I was really well, I thought I was well prepared for the last tournament, which he fucking blitzed. <laughs> he said, I've got more insides for this tournament. It's on, he reckons. So looking forward to what he dishes up tomorrow on the show. We should probably get in touch with, who's going to broadcast the bowls this time? Is it KO? I think so. Should be doing a deal there. <laughs> We've well, got to, be like the only content. We've got, we've got, 
in fairness, we have got something in the works for the big tournament coming up later in the season. So hoping to have some a bit more involvement in that. Um, so well, this is the BPL 13, April 20 yep. to 23. So kicking off next week or this next weekend, week. I guess, five days, whenever that is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what day it is. Looking forward to it. Bushy's not bowling in it himself, um, but he has been scouting. The, so are we doing another product? Yeah, he'll just roll in. It'll roll. Oh, I suppose we'll just change the, the title of that product, but that was, um, yeah, that was BPL. That was whatever. enjoyable, that. That was really enjoy- Is it all, all the bowls games going to be at night again? Yeah, the ones that we... There'll be some, like, last tournament, there was some, like, round-robin stuff during the day yeah. and then a couple of feature matches that night and then the finals were at night. So similar, we'll mainly bet into the ones that are televised. And do we know We've if... We've so much betting stuff going on there, don't we? So good. Do we know if they're actually going to have markets on the bowls or have they just decided to pull up stumps and say, no, it's too hard, we're getting crushed by one guy? Loss, um, it's a loss leader. Tell them it's a loss leader. Uh, Bushy's done some homework on who's betting. He's done. He's put the feelers out, so he's got all the answers. Okay. Um, I won't steal his thunder. He's been doing a bit of work, so looking forward to that tomorrow. Okay, that's very exciting, uh, guys. It's been a pleasure. Um, we'll be firing off bets, no doubt, for the next seventy-two hours, and looking forward to it. Yeah, big weekend ahead, eh? And then we've got Bushy. We've got a good platform after a pretty dominant Wednesday. You know what? The team collectively doubled, so doubled the mm. cash. Yeah, and let's not let's not forget um, the Pope is like. Oh, do you not think like to be winning so consistently at rugby league in this current season is really like strong? Yeah. yeah. You look at the, if you go right now and look at this weekend's games that I haven't done, it's so many like dull twenty games. Yeah, the gap between the He's gap between digging angles out out of nowhere. It's, yeah. It's good. Anyway, we're going to be betting in a few more races at Wangaratta, and uh, we back the favourite at race one at Pakenham if this goes up. Johnny Allen, Busted and Young.